Section 13 of the Final Report from the National Commission on the BP Deepwater Horizon Oil Spill and Offshore Drilling. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Final Report from the National Commission on the BP Deepwater Horizon Oil Spill and Offshore Drilling. Voices from the Gulf 1. If I was a mom, what would I do? Cheryl Lindsay, Orange Beach Weddings, Orange Beach, Alabama. When Cheryl Lindsay picked up the April 21 Mobile Press Register and read the headline, At Least Eleven Workers Sought After Gulf Rig Explosion, she recalled, My heart went out to the workers on that rig, the victims and their families. I couldn't believe what had happened. The newspaper reported that six of the Deepwater Horizon survivors had been flown to a Mobile, Alabama trauma unit. For six years, Lindsay had been president of Orange Beach Weddings, which coordinated and arranged the wedding of your dreams on Alabama's Gulf Coast near the Florida line. Her offices on Perdido Boulevard overlooked the pristine white sand beaches of Orange Beach, Alabama. One of her firm's specialties was elegant beach ceremonies and festivities. Her busy season was starting, with 73 weddings booked for 2010. She worked with numerous contractors, from wedding planners and caterers to ministers and photographers. She knew that BP's Macondo Well was now spewing oil. But I never thought it would affect us here. On April 30, the day after the U.S. Coast Guard declared the Macondo blowout a spill of national significance, Lindsay was in her office when the phone rang. It was her first cancellation. When the bride called to cancel, she said it was because of the spill. She didn't want her guests coming down to find oil on the beaches. She didn't want to come if they couldn't swim or eat the seafood. That's when I knew. In the wake of the oil spill, Every time the phone rang, all we got was another cancellation, or someone asking how bad it was down here. I became a counselor for these brides. Orange Beach is a popular spot for destination weddings, and many of my brides came from out of state. But if girls' weddings were still a few months out, they still had time to change plans and move the wedding somewhere else. A lot of girls asked me what they should do. They were worried about the smell, whether the guests could swim, and the quality of the seafood. She continued, That was their big day. It was tough. And you think, if I was a mom, what would I do? What's funny, Lindsay said, is we only had about three bad weeks where oil was washing on shore and BP was staging cleanup on the beach. That was in June. The rest of the summer the beaches were pretty much clean, but folks still didn't come down. As the spill gushed on, Lindsay began to realize she had no idea what the next year would look like. But it didn't look good. She did not think she could afford to renew her office lease. In 2009, she had taken out a small business loan from a local bank for $55,000 to expand her firm, but now she began to fear she could not meet those payments as her business diminished. This Unnatural, Unnatural Catastrophe Al and Sal Sinceri, P&J Oyster Company, New Orleans, Louisiana 
Al and Sal Sanceri are co-owners of P&J Oyster Company, their family's 134-year-old business in the French Quarter of New Orleans. P&J processes and sells some 60,000 Louisiana oysters to the city's best restaurants and local oyster bars in a typical day. When Al first heard about the Deepwater Horizon rig accident, he recalled thinking, what a terrible thing for those people. He added, I didn't think more about it because the Coast Guard and everyone said it would be limited. Al's routine remained unchanged in the days after the Deepwater Horizon blowout and fire. Early mornings bustling with deliveries, the din of his skilled shuckers pounding and prying open oysters, preparing orders. Then, on Saturday, April 24, the Sinceres and the rest of America heard that oil was leaking from the rig's broken riser. With each passing day, the news got only worse. P&J Oysters are an institution in New Orleans, a celebrated brand proudly listed on local menus as a promise of taste and quality. P&J specializes in Louisiana oysters. Most of their suppliers farm in the Barataria Basin, west of the Mississippi River. P&J had survived floods, the Great Depression, and even Hurricane Katrina. But now, the Sinceri family and the staff were all at the mercy of a runaway oil spill, with no end in sight. Throughout May, the Macondo Well gushed on unchecked, and by early June, the government had closed Louisiana oyster beds. The Sanceris had taken over from their father twenty-five years earlier. Now, for the first time, they had to lay off eleven skilled shuckers. These ladies here, those guys, I grew up with them, Al said. We were in our twenties when we started. Long-time employee Wayne Gordon, forty-two, had been shucking at P&J since he was eighteen. Twenty-four years. I cannot imagine not being here. As the shuckers worked their way through what was to be the final pile of succulent Louisiana shellfish, the owner of a nearby restaurant appeared with a breakfast buffet of scrambled eggs, fried ham, grits, and biscuits. After a funeral we bring food, said the restaurateur, a long-time customer. Al's son Blake, twenty-four, has spent the past three years learning the business, intent on becoming the sixth family generation to run it. This was a real devastating event for me, he said. This is my home. It feels like I don't really have a say in what's going on around me. He could have been speaking for millions of his fellow Americans, all along the Gulf of Mexico coast, who suddenly found themselves and their worlds facing ruin from what his uncle, Sal, called this unnatural, unnatural catastrophe. I don't know what to do with myself. Dean Blanchard, Dean Blanchard Seafood, Inc., Grand Isle, Louisiana. Dean Blanchard runs Louisiana's biggest shrimp business on Grand Isle, a Mississippi River Delta barrier island 50 miles south of New Orleans, fully exposed to the Gulf of Mexico. During the warm months of a typical shrimp season, Blanchard Seafood and its extensive network of bayside wharves are a frenetic cacophony of languages and accents, Spanish, Vietnamese, a smattering of Cajun French, and the various Deep South dialects, as more than a thousand fishermen offload the catch from their shrimping vessels. The shrimp are sorted by size and dispatched into the world. During thirty years in business, Blanchard had become one of the nation's principal suppliers, and a multi-millionaire. 
in season he bought as much as five hundred thousand pounds of shrimp daily from more than a thousand fishermen the cold two thousand nine two thousand ten winter had raised high hopes every ten years when you get a cold winter you get a really good shrimp crop he explained we were licking our chops but with the macondo well gushing more than fifty thousand barrels of oil a day and no end in sight the brown shrimp season had been cancelled just as it was about to start by mid-may tarballs and oil had started washing up onto grand isles wetlands and beaches by mid-june blanchard figured i've lost fifteen million dollars of sales in the last fifty days that would have been one million dollars in my pocket the usually busy docks were quiet the only activity the occasional coming and going of boats and crews working for bp cleaning and containing the oil i don't know what to do with myself blanchard explained i built all this over the last thirty years and now for what we've got fourteen hundred vessels that go and catch shrimp come to our facility now he continued basically we've lost all our customers because we can't supply them for decades oil and seafood had mixed comfortably in louisiana's coastal culture each year morgan city hosted the annual shrimp and petroleum festival a rollicking celebration of the state's two high-profile economic mainstays oil has long provided the region's best-paying jobs and the revenue to finance everything from state roads to free school books the maritime world of seafood has deeper cultural roots and provides a living and a way of life along the gulf coast one of the nation's most productive fishing waters many families had members in both worlds indeed blanchard's own grandfather had made a fortune servicing the offshore oil industry but now those two worlds had collided and everything seemed at risk end of section thirteen